1: your championship! Listen to this crowd.
0: Braves and baseball talk, straight from the diamond. Here's Grant McCauley. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of From the Diamond. As always, I'm Grant McCauley, and it's time for chat about what's been going on with the Atlanta Braves over the last week, which has been incredibly familiar if you've been following the braves in 2021 a step forward a step back maybe two steps forward and then of course two steps back as the old song goes but we'll talk about what's been going on with the braves over the last about week and a half since i've had a chance to sit down with my friend gabe burns of the ajc he'll be joining me momentarily and we got a lot to cover of course what happened for the braves on their road trip a couple of series that were opportunities to maybe take a jump in the standings but A 500 road trip was what the Braves are bringing home with them as they get set for what I think is a critical homestand as they approach the all-star break. The club also got some bad news on one of their brightest young stars and then there were some bright spots that you could sprinkle in from the road trip and perhaps some things to be encouraged about for the Braves as they move toward the month of July. We'll get into all of that but before I do, I want to remind you, you can find From the Diamond on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Leave those ratings and reviews. And if you'd be so nice as to share it with a friend, I would appreciate that as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Grant McCauley, G-R-A-N-T-M-C-A-U-L-E-Y. You can find the show at From the Diamond underscore. On Instagram, I am at Grant McCauley there. The show is at From the Diamond. And you can find every episode of the show and much more at FromTheDiamond.com. Well, to talk about the week that was for the Atlanta Braves, I want to welcome Gabe Burns back into the show. He, of course, covers the club for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow his work on Twitter, at AJC. Gabe, it's been a little over a week since we've had a chance to talk about this club, and we joked about it before we got on the air. I think it's safe to say the theme of the Braves season might have been the phrase, more of the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, just a uh, a 500 road trip, I would expect nothing more, nothing
0: less, right? <laughs> I've expected less and uh, not been surprised for it, but I'm glad that it was at least in the middle of the road and not completely off the road, if you get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it could have been worse, right? Um, it has been worse for this team. You're right. You split four games in New York. That's not the worst outcome, but it's also obviously not what you wanted. Taking three out of four would have been pretty big for them. They couldn't do that, but, you know, you're going to split. We the first-place team on the road. That's fine. Uh, Cincinnati, that's a team that is not bad at all, really. Nope. They are going to be on the fringe of the wild card race, I think. So you end up splitting with them. You're really lucky to have gone 4-4 and on that road trip, Mm -hmm. the way that the offense has been unable to kind of score runs. But, look, I mean, everyone kind of is waiting for this run to happen. People want to see them try to start to move up in the standings, start to kind of make that push. It obviously hasn't happened yet, but they're at least able to hold serve there and prevent things from getting worse on what was a big road trip
0: yeah and i'll say this road trip again it wasn't exactly that big step forward the braves were looking for but of course it wasn't that big step backwards either and splitting that four game series with the mets not ideal but not a disaster i think is the way i would term it splitting a four game series with the reds also not ideal but yet not a disaster but really on par with the rest of the season for the braves because atlanta does find itself stuck in that middle ground and quite a few games out of first place which pretty much been a tale of the season bottom line for the braves for me gabe is that they need to have two goals every single game they need to win the day, and then they need to win the series. And I think that's what's going to get them back on the right track because we can't sit here approaching the All-Star break and say, you know, time is still on the club side because every game that comes off that calendar is one less opportunity the Braves have to make up ground on the Mets.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to look at it. It's very simple. Um, if they're going to get they have to start winning series. And, you know, Freddie said – A while back, I think it was early June, I want to say, and and he just said, I feel like once we get over 500, we'll start rolling. Well, (laughs) you know, it's taken a lot for them to get over 500, and they still haven't done it, so – Again, you're not going to do that going four and four on road trips, but at least you're not going to be kind of losing any ground on yourself. I, I think as far as the Mets thing goes, I, I think since really, I guess, around the Boston series or around the St. Louis series, some of last, last time I'm staying, they were seven and a half back. Now they're five back. So they've actually gained ground there, but you can't rely on a team or two in front of you to kind of melt down. You have to get this figured out yourself because – I know we kind of laugh at the NL East right now. You're not winning this division at 80 and 82. No. So they've got to get going and figure this thing out. And So going 4-4 and here, again, not what they wanted, but it does set up what could be a really big 12-game stretch for them here before the break.
0: Yeah, and the Braves really have struggled to get all facets of their game going at the same time. You brought up the fact that the offense has been having some trouble scoring runs. I would say that's pretty safe to say. And the Braves, if you look at the last, let's say, two weeks, braves as a club are batting 225 the last two weeks and that's 22nd out of the 30 teams in major league baseball now it may shock you to know or it may not shock you based on uh, what you've seen out of them the mets are 29th in terms of batting average and in terms of just overall offensive prowess of the 30 clubs the last two weeks so it's not like the mets are tearing the cover off the ball they of course are getting a lot more out of their starting pitching staff and every club's mix is going to be a little bit different but to your point gabe I think a lot of folks looked at the Braves offense and said this is going to be a strength of this club this year but there have been some times and unfortunately some prolonged times where it seems like the offense is able to jump out get a couple of runs not add anything on and that's just adding pressure I think to the bullpen which has been a big problem for the Braves and of course we know the kind of attrition that the starting rotation is dealing with for the second consecutive year so when it comes to making this run I think you'll agree you're going to have to get all three facets of this and I say this offense rotation and bullpen at least moving in the same direction even if you can't have the highest expectations every single night some group there is going to have to pick up another group if the braves want to start to put that winning formula back together that they had of course in 2020 and really for the last three years as the best team in the national league east exactly
1: and you know the rotation despite the injuries i mean it's kind of doing what it can right you know you can get into the individual performance i mean but there's been Overall, the rotation's kind of been the least of their concerns, even with the injuries, just because of the way that Morton has been pitching. You have – now you have Muller coming on, and, you you know, Smiley has even looked better, and, and you have Ian Anderson if and Max Fred comes back healthy. I mean, but you look at this offense, and right now, I mean, obviously this is not the same lineup we expected entering the year. It's been really inconsistent with the offense. I mean, yesterday was the first time they've scored four runs in the last 10 games.
0: Which is crazy.
1: Yeah, it's really crazy to think about. Um, There were some one-to-nothing wins in there with the Acuna home runs. Again, they got lucky, really. They have the record they do over that stretch, uh, and that they've been able to kind of pitch shutouts against not Cincinnati, but uh, with St. Louis and the Mets, teams that have really um, struggled offensively. and, And that's kind of worked into their favor a little bit there. But uh yeah i mean they're gonna have to have other areas just they're gonna need the bullpen to just really help them out it just needs to be better it needs to be more consistent they need the rotation to continue trending in the right direction whoever that is you know if it's gonna be muller every fifth day i mean it's a lot to ask for him to do what he's done and we'll get into that but they need guys to perform and, and this offense they could use another bat but with what they have right now. I mean, Guillermo Heredia had a big game the other day. I mean, they're just going to need guys like that to just step up.
0: Yeah, they're going to need a lot. I know there was a stretch early in the road trip and really closing things out against the Cardinals where the Braves were only scoring runs via the home run. And that, of course, is great if you're hitting a whole bunch of them. Not great if your offense is completely predicated on the home run, but that's kind of baseball in 2021. So before I get lost in the weeds there, I want to look back on this road trip and talk about the braves run scoring numbers because i think you alluded to something when it came to how many runs is this club scoring per game if you go back over the last week or so the braves have scored 20 runs and that's just not a great total that's not going to get it done that's less than three per game they scored four against the reds on sunday but it was a one run performance a three-run performance another three-run performance another three-run performance another three-run performance if you go back three games against the reds and a couple against the mets then a one nothing win of course that was uh, very exciting and those games are great too and you have to pitch well and just one runs enough for the offense but they scored just two runs in that opener against new york and if you go back to the doubleheader against the cardinals one run in each of those games so this has hardly been the offense that the Braves have expected I think Ronald Acuna Jr. having an outstanding season we've documented and we'll talk a little bit more about things that haven't gone right for Freddie Freeman we know the Braves are missing Marcelo Zuna for what is just an unforeseen and very unfortunate circumstance but you can't count on him anymore and that's just kind of part and parcel for what the Braves are dealing with step forward by Austin Riley this year has been really exactly what the Braves needed out of him but there's still some underperformance after the top spot in the order that the Braves are just going to have to start seeing more consistency there I know we hammer this bullpen point home week after week after week because it is important and it is very frustrating to watch these leads disappear late in games but I think it's that margin for error that the Braves have had in years past it just hasn't been present this year because this offense has never really seemed to get itself up into the air and stay there for a prolonged run this season and I I think it's pretty obvious but I'm going to say it anyway I think getting the offense going is going to be the key to the Braves feeling like the club that did a lot of winning the last three years.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, when you say that the margin for error is so slim with this team, and, and there's several reasons for that. It's mainly just the team just isn't as good as it was last year. Sure. And you can just look at that and just say, you know, are, are guys performing worse? Is it just a talent off? It's a combination of all those things. And that's not to say this team can't get on a roll and wind up – Winning at the same rate that one was, I guess. I mean, that, that at this point, that's probably not going to happen. But there's still an impressive core group of talent here. And we talk about this every week. I write about it every week. It's why when you evaluate, you continue to think, you know, when you watch the Phillies, you know, the Phillies are in the same spot as the Braves right now. I don't really feel like there's any type of run really necessarily in the Phillies. I feel like there is with the Braves, and that goes back to, you know, what they've done before. That goes back to I just think they have more talent, more, you know, blue-chip talent, I should say. But their margin for error is so slim. It's like one error derails them, one pitch derails them. And, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. sports. But there's just been some brutal moments for them, and they just have not been good enough to overcome that. You know, last year, for as disastrous as the rotation was, everything else was so good it almost didn't matter. And they just kept winning and they want, you know, they, heck, they, they almost got to the World Series. And of course, the rotation obviously was a big part of that in the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. a separate conversation. But I don't know how it turns around other than you're right. It, the offense, you know, Freddie's been better. Like Acuna continue to do what he does. They're just, they're going to need Heredia. Or Almond. If they make a trade, they're just going to need certain guys to step up. They're going to need key hits. You know, they were brutal with runners in scoring position yeah. over the last week that was a big part of just them not being able to produce. Like, you, know, you have to obviously have to hit with runners in scoring position. And, you know, they had that with Ender striking out with the bases loaded the other day and they haven't made the most of their opportunities, but you can say, well, they are at least creating those opportunities and maybe eventually that will change. So there's, there's several avenues that need to be better, but you do feel like, Again, they just keep you hanging on. It, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's. I guess in a way, I guess they're a tease in a way. I, mean, I was going it, to say it's one, just, you're, it's you're one big tease. On
0: and, it's one big tease. It seems like yeah, because you know the talent's yeah, there. Exactly. I think that's the difference between a club like the Braves and the Phillies. To your point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, that's that's all I was really saying about it was there's just there's enough talent there. There's the recent success. There's there's just a belief that this thing could happen. It could happen. It could happen. And quite frankly, that's something that we're probably going to be saying until the end of August. And if it hasn't happened, then we'll be looking back on it, saying that, you know, everyone was just waiting on a run that never came.
0: Yeah. And that could be the case. And I think it's also important to point out as you kind of harken back to last year and the trends and things that worked in the Braves favor, they were able to cover for the rotation, really just the lack of a rotation Because they only had to cover for a couple of months. Now, it was very surprising to get into October and see the kind of performances we saw, but it was also completely, wholly unrealistic to walk into a 162 game schedule and expect to win that same way and have things fall perhaps that way for you when you get to the postseason as well, because it's a longer road to October when you have to go through the full grind of a Major League Baseball season. And just to be fair, I don't know that the Braves could have held up over another 100 games to get to where they got in october and even have the chance for the very surprising and encouraging results that they got from their rotation as they ran all the way into the nlcs but i hate to follow up a discussion that probably leaves you a little bit less than excited when it comes to the recent road trip but the braves also got some really bad news on this road trip as well and it's something that i don't think anybody uh, had really prepared for or wanted to hear and we're hoping that we'd be hearing good news and good updates for this gentleman but the mike soroka injury extremely unfortunate a complete retear of his achilles tendon that was already surgically repaired last year he'd already undergone an exploratory surgery hopefully that was going to be the last hurdle he needed to clear and then he'd be able to ramp up and perhaps join the club by the end of the season but now he's going to be sidelined for another year and Gabe I don't even know where to start on the disappointment factor rating that when it goes with this injury but I know how bad I feel for Mike Soroka. he's one of the most solid human beings that you'll ever meet and I hate that he's going through this for the second time in less than a year.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. It's, it's terrible. You know, we, we've talked on here before, uh, people listening. If you heard us talk about Mike before, we, we both really like him. We've known him for a while going back. He's always been so level-headed, so mature, just a genuinely great human being. I was talking to someone who's been in Atlanta media for decades the other day, and, and, and they said that Soroka is one of their favorites ever. And that's just how he's viewed. That's how coaches view him, teammates, media, everyone views him that way. Everyone enjoys talking to him. Everyone enjoys his insight, just a genuinely good human being. So for this to happen, it's just really unfortunate. Um, You know, I don't even know how else you can really explain it. It's obviously a very, very rare instance. What he's been through is really kind of an all-time thing as far as tearing the Achilles, going through the exploratory surgery back, I mean, even Snit. You know, when he was asked about, is this, there is there a comparable to this? And he oh. mentioned Johnny Venner's, who had four elbow surgeries. Yeah. Well, you yeah, know, certainly not a comparable yeah. Soroka with the Achilles, but the only thing adversity wise that was comparable sure. he mentioned was Johnny Venner's. And it's just a tough situation for him. I know people are questioning can he make it back? Is this something that, and look, I mean, he's he's 23 years old he's still going to be confident he's taking it in stride like snit said he's taking on the next challenge and and they all said they expect him to be back obviously his body has not cooperated with mm-hmm. him it's been tough for him but that doesn't mean he can't make it back and the history is not kind to people who rerupture the achilles and i mean we'll have to see if he does make it back if he'll ever be the same pitcher but more importantly you just hate it for him as a person because you know how hard he's worked to get back from this. And you know that starting over from the very beginning is just, it's really tough for him. But he is a mentally strong and mature guy who, you know, if there's someone who can overcome it mm-hmm. mentally, it's him.
0: It certainly is. I mean, the Braves weren't counting on Mike Soroka to walk through that door and help them win this season. I think they were hopeful and optimistic that maybe he'd be able to get back on a mound and at least start clearing some of those hurdles. But now, I mean, I can't help but think about the long-term ramifications of this injury, which, as you mentioned, could be pretty clear. I mean, it's going to be, to use that term again, a long road back. And even at 23 years old, is going to have to go through this entire process and just hit that reset button from where he was about a year ago. So as I think about it from the human interest standpoint of it, you hate to see somebody go through that and i don't know medically speaking if i can think of any particular athlete in any sport that's had to go through this injury twice certainly not at this age either just to throw that in there as well so this is a there's a cloud hanging over the career of mike soroka and i hate to put it that way but his body as you mentioned gabe it's just hasn't been cooperating with him between the initial injury which was a freaky fluke type injury to his recovery than the exploratory surgery because of the setbacks he was facing there and then to be walking into the ballpark and have this thing pop again on him I just can't imagine the disappointment and I, I just try to find the words to accurately express just how bad I feel for Mike Soroka. and I don't know that we could sit here for another hour and I would be able to completely express it the way that I want to but you file it under the same way that Brian Snitker was talking about it this is the next challenge for Mike, and if I know anything about Mike Soroka, the competitor, physically or mentally, I mean, he's always been up to the challenge, and I just hope this is one that he's going to be able to conquer.
1: Yeah, he'll take on the challenge. I mean, that's kind of what Snip was saying with him. He'll view it as the next part of his journey. It's just unfortunate that he is having to deal with all this, and it's unfortunate that he's not able to just go out there and continue to improve at the game that you know he's spent his life mm-hmm. working towards, you know, being a professional with and and, you know, it's unfortunate Braves fans don't get to watch him because he was already a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a two six eight ERA in that 2019 season. He had that uh, phenomenal start in St. Louis against Wainwright in the playoffs. It really seemed like he was going to be a, a frontline guy for the next decade. And now the challenge is just getting back on the field, period. And then we'll, the conversation, we'll see how he looks if that happens, which I think it will. But I mean, just a really, really tough blow and the earliest that he would be back, I guess, is mid-season next year. But, you know, as this situation has showed us, I don't think anyone needs to be putting timetables or even guessing at this point. Just let him undergo the surgery and and just restart his rehab and and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I I think I speak for both of us when I wish Mike Soroka a complete recovery. I would throw Speedy in there, but we know there's not going to be anything speedy about this, but a complete recovery – I know Braves fans, media types, anybody that's ever come in contact with Mike Soroka, been able to watch him pitch and be able to get to know Mike Soroka, the human being outside of what he does between the white lines. He's a special individual, and again, hoping for a complete recovery so that Mike can resume what was a very promising career. I think as Gabe pointed out in 2019, if you didn't have Pete Alonso hitting 50 home runs that year, I think Mike's the rookie of the year, had success in the playoffs, and the Braves were banking on him big time to be leading this rotation for years and years to come and hopefully that can still be the case we just may have to wait and see a little bit longer than we wanted to as far as the injury is concerned but when it does come to the Braves rotation there was a bright spot on this trip it happened on Sunday up in Cincinnati where Kyle Muller was the latest Braves pitching prospect to get an extended look this year I'll call it that and like some of the others he is making quite the impression Muller struck out nine Reds in a strong five-inning performance to pick up a win and help Atlanta earn a series split on Sunday. And Gabe, you and I knew that the stuff was there and that he could make an impact depending on what role he was going to be given. And it's safe to say as well, this is exactly the kind of performance that the Braves needed as they try to get their rotation in line so that they can make some kind of run and get some kind of momentum going as we head toward the All-Star break in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been amazed... At how Mueller has started his career here. I mean, we knew how talented he was. We knew just physically, you can look at him and tell like that this guy is, <laughs> he, you know, he, this guy's a specimen. Yeah. But I am just shocked that it has. He's found the success he has through two starts. I, I thought it would be more of like what we saw in that relief appearance, but when he made his debut against Boston and you gave up several uh, two strike hits and they were hitting him hard and gave up a couple runs. I mean, he, he's looked completely different since then just from a standpoint of his finishing guys he's really poised a really confident guy which we haven't always seen with some of the young pitchers here uh he attacks i thought that uh, yesterday in his outing with uh the third inning you know the bloop hit drops when the three guys kind of collide in the outfield he walks the pitcher and then he has india 3-0 uh check swing makes contact that's the second out But then he strikes out Joey Votto, and I know Joey Votto is not the Joey Votto who won the MVP, but it's still Joey Votto. Mm -hmm. And that was just a really impressive sequence, what he was able to do there. And a lot of pitchers, it was clear that he was kind of all over the place, that inning, you know, maybe the hit messed with him a little bit. But he settled in and he got out of it, and I thought that that was a really big deal. I thought it was really encouraging because we haven't always seen that, or some guys take a while to get that. So... I expect him to continue to be making starts right now. I mean, when you've given up in nine innings, he's given up two blue pits. Yeah. I think both of them probably could have been ruled errors, in fact. The strikeouts, the slider has been really effective for him. I mean, he's just really coming together. And, and if this is the guy that the Braves are, are going to see um, – and he just continues to build off this. One, I'm amazed it's happened so quickly. And two, I mean, they have a really, really talented young guy on their hands who could be a really valuable member of this rotation for a while if he keeps building
0: on it Yeah, and they need him to keep building on it most certainly. And you pointed out, I mean, you look at that relief appearance, which I can chalk up to a number of different things. I would say it could be a little bit of nerves. And how could it not be as you make your major league debut at home against one of the top offenses in the game this year? Uh, against the red sox but he gave up four hits in that one inning since then as you pointed out he's made a couple of starts nine total innings two total hits and certainly not the hardest hit balls by a long shot he's only walked two men in each of his starts he struck out 12 so limiting base runners is a great way to win games at any level you want to talk about and for a starting pitcher that can pump it up there in the mid to high 90s the braves should be pretty excited and and at the very least encouraged to give kyle muller A nice little run here at the back end of the Braves rotation. I know there's been some ups and downs for some of the other young arms. I think Bryce Wilson's shown some signs this year. I think it's safe to say that the jury is still out on Kyle Wright and the stock is not pointing in the right direction for him. But it doesn't really matter about the names and about exactly where they were drafted or when they were drafted or maybe even what they did a year ago. It has everything to do with who can help you right now. And I think the answer to that question, if you're asking it about the Braves rotation – Who could provide the most help right now? I think all eyes are on Kyle Muller at this point to help round out this group because you know what you're going to have to get from some of the other starters, particularly Max Fried and Charlie Morton, who we'll talk about in a moment. And you want to see more out of Drew Smiley, that goes without saying. But who else is going to be rounding out this rotation along with Ian Anderson? The top four, you kind of know who you have and what you hope to get. This fifth spot has really been a, a tough role to fill for the Atlanta Braves this year and there have been all kinds of ups and downs there, but it would be great to see Kyle Muller step in and maybe give the Braves some consistency every fifth day when it comes to that.
1: Yeah, you know, Muller's the, really the third guy we've seen kind of put himself in this conversation. You, we saw it with Anoa, mm-hmm. and Anoa was their best pitcher there for a while, and we saw it with Tucker Davidson. So now you have Muller, and you're looking at this, and you're going, well, however this year unfolds, you have to feel pretty good about this team's pitching depth moving forward Just given the promise that Inouye and Davidson have showed, and if Mueller can continue to show it, then, you know, the Braves can go into the offseason, and it's always risky to bet on young guys who who don't necessarily have the longer resume, but they can go into this, you know, feeling pretty good that they do have several good options if these guys can actually stay healthy. You know, we'll see if Davidson and Inouye make it back this year. It seems like both of them could, but you know, right now it's Mueller's job, and he's got this opportunity, and so far he's making the most of it.
0: Absolutely, and that's what you need these young guys to do is make the most of those opportunities, and there have been quite a few cases as you laid out there. And when you talk about the Braves rotation really firing on all cylinders, a big one, of course, is Max Fried, who's on the injured list with a blister issue. He is expected to rejoin Atlanta's rotation this week in that big series against the Mets, and that should happen on Wednesday. But as you mentioned, Gabe, with Waskari Noah down, with Tucker Davidson down, and Mike Soroka now officially ruled out for the year, the Braves really need Max Freed to team up with Charlie Morton and, of course, Ian Anderson and lead this rotation through the dog days of summer, which those days are not far off.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're almost there. We've got two weeks until the All-Star break. Uh, and then you have that stretch, obviously, leading into the trade deadline, which is going to be really big for this team, just seeing how they handle that uh, one way or another, or maybe they just decide to hold, serve, and do nothing, which I'm sure Twitter will react to accordingly.
0: Yes, can't wait.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're here, and they need, uh, Yeah, obviously you need Max to stay healthy. You know, Max hasn't had a blister issue since, or a documented one since uh, I think July of 2019, mm-hmm. so uh, you just hope that this is kind of just a, a one-off and that, that he'll be good to go. And the fact he only missed one start, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. It gets a little rest and come back, so that's fine. And they're going to need Charlie Morton to keep doing what he's doing and Ian Anderson to keep progressing. So, But right now, yeah, I mean, you have to feel pretty okay about the rotation with the way the guys are trending.
0: Feeling pretty okay is an upgrade over how the Braves have been feeling at times exactly. over the last couple of years. So you'll take the progress where you can get it, but they're going to need these guys to come together to get on that run. As I mentioned, getting Max Fried back, of course, is a big step, but – Uh, Speaking of Charlie Morton, congratulations, of course, in order for him as he won his 100th career game back on June 22nd with what I'd say, Gabe, was his best performance of the season. Morton struck out 11 batters while throwing seven innings of one hit ball against the Mets. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Charlie Morton giving that kind of performance to the New York Mets every time he faces them. The Braves have now won six of Morton's last seven starts after losing six of his first eight starts. That's a positive trend in my book. And Morton's got a 2.38 ERA and 49 punchouts in just under 42 innings in his last seven starts as well. So, Gabe, this is exactly what the Braves needed and what they were hoping for when they signed Morton. And it's safe to say they're going to need even more of this if they want to chase down the Mets and take hold of first place at any point in the 2021 season.
1: This is the guy they paid 15 million dollars for. Yeah, really impressive. The stuff has always been good. I, and we talked about this. We were never really that concerned about Morton. We knew that the results would kind of be there, and, and now they are. And like you mentioned, it's important to know that they're winning his starts too. Yeah. I mean, 100 wins. That's pretty cool. He got his first win in a Braves uniform, mm-hmm. he got his 100th in a Braves uniform. That was just a lot to happen in between. <laughs> yeah. um, it's pretty impressive. 37 years old doing what he's doing. You know, we saw Wainwright with a really impressive performance against the Braves. With St. Louis was in town. So some of these guys still are still going at it like that, and it, it's really cool to see, and it, it's really impressive. So uh, good on Morton, and the Braves are just going to need him to keep doing it if they're going to get their way back into
0: this thing. Most definitely. I looked at Charlie Morton's first career win, which came back on June the 14th, 2008, against the Angels. 13 years and one week later, he picked up win number 100 against the New York Mets, and I love looking at the lineups for this. I posted this on Twitter. I got a big kick out of it, but... Uh, The first win for Charlie Morton back in 2008, you had Chipper Jones in the lineup. His 100th win, you got Ronald Acuna Jr. in the lineup. So if you're thinking about how much can happen over the course of, well, 13 years, but in this case, the course of Charlie Morton's career, a lot of names and faces have certainly changed. Chipper Jones is already in the Hall of Fame. Meanwhile, Jeff Francoeur was playing with Charlie Morton back against the Angels in 2008 for win number one. He's been broadcasting Charlie Morton starts all year, so it just goes to say, baseball is it's kind of fun when you look at it a lot of different ways. And some of the names in that 2008 club, I had people asking me, who in the world was that? I have no memory of that person. A little bit more memory, of course, of the guys we've been watching in 2021. And hopefully this lineup that we're talking about, and we're going to talk a little bit more about here on the show, will start clicking so that Charlie Morton will have a chance to win a few more games. Well, one guy we wanted to see start clicking after spending a couple of months talking about how Freddie Freeman was struggling through this tough season is some encouraging trends for last year's national league mvp freeman's closing out june on his first real prolonged hot streak is what i'll call it over the last three weeks 18 games for freddie freeman 343 average ops close to 1000 four homers 11 runs knocked in 10 runs scored as well and just like max freed or a charlie morton is critical for the success of the rotation freddie freeman gabe is critical for the success of this braves lineup which has been tested quite a bit this year and really needs to start getting things going
1: yeah, I mean, the Braves can kind of go as Freddie goes. It's been you know good for him to, to finally be getting some results and, and start to work his way out of this thing. I mean, maybe he's in store for a really big July. That's all. Yeah, the, I mean, the trends are – it's going in the right direction, and, and we'll see because this is – you're right. This is probably his, his best prolonged stretch here. There's no probably about it. It is. So we'll see if he can keep going, if he can just keep trending upwards. And I think that obviously the Braves' offense will benefit a ton for it. So it's going to be really big for them. Again, we keep talking about can they work their way back into this conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, If Freddie gets going, that would go a long way.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly who they need. With some of the other question marks they've dealt with throughout the lineup and some of the absences of hitters they were really counting on, and then a lot of the ups and downs that some of the other hitters have been facing Freddie Freeman if uh, there wasn't already enough pressure I would say on him or at least expectation let's use that word on him coming off an MVP season and in a contract year no less this has been a year like no other for Freddie Freeman and if you don't believe me just look at his numbers he's never had a season quite like this he never had a prolonged cold streak as long as the one he had for whatever the reason whether it was the shift hitting balls right at people whatever the case was Freddie Freeman was unfamiliar with these kinds of results and over the last three or so weeks he's been trending back in that right direction where even if you've liked what you've seen at the plate from him in terms of hitting the ball hard you want to see that ball finding some green and rolling for a while or just going over the outfield wall that's okay too and there's been a little bit more of that for freddie freeman here lately now one guy who's had a lot of that this season is ronald acuna jr who homered again on sunday he's got 21 now on the season he's leading the national league with 61 runs scored so that's pretty good uh, stat for your leadoff hitter there also leading the nl with 16 stolen bases across 71 games played that puts ronald on pace for 46 home runs and 35 stolen bases if you're interested in that kind of thing i know i am and another little note for acuna this week the national league's leading vote getter for the all-star game with over two and a half million votes only vladimir guerrero jr had more and it sounds like gabe he's also going to take another crack at the home run derby though acuna has not made that official just yet but if you're looking for the things that the Braves needed when you put out that checklist in spring training big season from Ronald Acuna Jr. was probably at or near the top of the list and he's delivered on that thus far
1: yeah he's certainly delivered on it and you know we'll see how the MVP conversation plays out and um, you mentioned him leading the league in run scored. you know by the time he retires there's going to be a lot of black ink on that uh, baseball reference oh, page yeah. I would imagine um, he's he's going to be leading the league in, in a lot of categories in different seasons. Um, it feels like an MVP award is a matter of when, not if with him. That's just a testament to his talent and what he's already achieved thus far and, and what he's doing this year, too. So, yeah, I mean, he's one of the most fun players in baseball to watch. It's really saying something because right now is kind of a golden age of youth. There's a lot of really impressive, like, under-25 players guys. And that includes uh, Ronald's teammate, Ozzie. There's just a ton of young talent in the game and Acuna might be the best out of all of them. Uh, I tend to think he is. Uh, Obviously I I cover the team, but just based on everything that Acuna can do. it's. But you can't go wrong with with any of these guys. And he's just, he's a special player. Uh, Obviously the fans love him or he wouldn't be the second leading vote getter. And Vlad's got all of Canada on his side, but Yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch him. You know, I'm sure the Braves are thinking this is great and he'll win an MVP, but, you know, hopefully he'll get a World Series ring too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that would be a pretty big feather in his cap and really anybody's cap. And, of course, Braves fans have longed to see that since way back in 1995, the last time the Braves were able to win a World Series. And they've certainly got their eyes on that. You mentioned the black ink when it comes to baseball reference and a lot of the hall of fame monitors that you'll find if you scroll down on that page i also love the similarity scores which is a really fun way to take players from different eras based on their age their overall numbers and production and and kind of get an idea of who's this guy similar to because i love to track this kind of stuff but toward the top of the list of similar batters of course you'll find juan soto and aaron judge they're both pretty good similar through the age of 23 i love this list you got cody bellinger Tony john carlos Stanton, Juan Gonzalez, Daryl Strawberry, Bob Horner, Prince Fielder, Grady Sizemore. Then you got these guys, Willie Mays and Duke Snyder. They're also pretty good. And then most similar by age, Frank Robinson, Juan Soto, and Cody Bellinger. So when you think about his current peers, guys that are pretty good in the case of a Bellinger, or in certainly in the case of a Juan Soto, or even some Hall of Fame names, you'll find a few of those as well. So I can confirm, as of this podcast recording, Ronald Acuna Jr., still very good at baseball, and I'm looking forward to seeing him not only make those all-star games and participate in home run derbies and the like, but helping the Braves win, get back to the World Series, and win one of those. I think that's the biggest goal for everybody that's listening to this podcast, and I'd say for Ronald Acuna Jr. as well.
1: Yep. Yep, that's what he's looking for. Uh, As far as individual honors go, he's going to have plenty of those by the end. (laughs) As long as he stays healthy, he's going to have plenty of those by the end of his career. So it's going to be all about making sure that he can get that World Series ring that, you know, his buddy Soto already has as crazy as that is to think about. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, Tatis, like Acuna, he's going to be who's in the mix for it every year so we'll see if the Braves can can take this Acuna and uh, Ozzie and make the most of it and uh, get another title here in Atlanta
0: yeah it's the goal and that of course is what Ronald's looking for but it wouldn't hurt him to have a nice big trophy case to put some of the awards that I would imagine that he'll be winning over the years and at least the next decade to come in Atlanta so as we round out this podcast of course we want to take a look at the overall National League East picture and it's the same one that we've been looking at for a while now you've got the Mets with a four game lead over the Nationals five games over the Braves and the Phillies then you got the Marlins down at the bottom they're nine games out here as of Monday crazier finishes have certainly happened when it comes to winning a division or winning a pennant but like we've already talked about I mean the Braves are going to have to start stringing these wins together if they want to climb out of the middle of the pack and make a move on the first place Mets but the schedule as you look ahead it has a lot of opportunity for the Braves to make up that ground very quickly. It could start as soon as Tuesday night at Truist Park as the Braves open up a six-game homestand. They've got three games against the Mets. They've got three games against the Marlins, a team they have struggled against this year. Then you got a road trip game that's a pretty big one, three against the Pirates, then three more against the Marlins. So if you're looking at the road trip leading up to the All-Star break as a chance to really put an exclamation point on momentum or at least close out this first half on a high note this is the exact kind of trip that the braves should be looking for but you got to put that on the back burner for now it's a big homestand that starts with three more big opportunities to make up ground against the new york mets yeah they couldn't have
1: drawn this up any better you get the mets and then you just get nine straight against last place teams and they have struggled with the Marlins so far. So that, I mean, that is worth noting, but you're getting the Marlins and you're getting the Pirates who, you know, we saw them in Atlanta and obviously they're not very good. They just took three out of four from the Cardinals, but you could also say the Cardinals aren't very good, especially right now. So it's a huge opportunity for them to get back into this thing. You're seeing finally Miami's kind of dropping out of it, which I think Most everyone kind of expected that to be the team. Either them or Washington, but Washington won 9 out of 10 and worked their way back into the mix. They split with Miami over the weekend, but that's the kind of run. Washington, you know, they were already so far back that that run only kind of got them back to being mediocre. Mm -hmm. The Braves, everyone's kind of waited on that same run to get them comfortably above 500, and we'll see if that comes. But right now the NL East is just a whole lot of, you know, mediocre and if you're the Braves when you consider how things have gone if this is where you're going to be at this point you'll take it because you're very much still in this thing and with the Mets offensive struggles they have just not been able to really separate so there's certainly an opportunity here for the Braves to make up ground you know with this upcoming series and then you know you're going to be playing some struggling teams and next thing you know I mean quite frankly if you're the Braves and you can look up at the all-star break and you're within three games of the Mets I mean you have to be just I mean, overjoyed is a bit strong for a team that might still be below 500 or you know, not in first place, but you have to be pretty thrilled when everything that's gone against you and how you've been playing if you're still within striking distance of the Mets.
0: Yeah, and within striking distance is where they find themselves right now, but a chance to get closer by the game with every win that you get head-to-head against the Mets. Looking at the probable pitchers, Charlie Morton against Taylor McGill, then you've got Max Freed against Taiwan Walker, and then, of course, you've got – the dragon that drew smiley is going to be charged with slaying and that of course is jacob de in thursday's finale then that series against the marlins is looming then you go back out on the road and as you mentioned gave nine games against teams at the bottom of their division of course six of those against the marlins uh, and i can't help but think about when you look at series that can be big opportunities or perhaps missed opportunities you can apply that to the mets series And you can also apply that to the Pirates and, of course, to the Marlins, who the Braves have had trouble against. Because while Miami may not win the National League East, and looking at the standings, it seems very unlikely. They could keep a team like the Braves from having the chance to win the division if Atlanta can't handle its business head to head. Those are critical series, and those two teams seem to play each other pretty tough. This has been going on for a while now, there's been some bad blood at times. But there's certainly quite a little rivalry, and they even were able to rekindle that thing in October last year. So uh, Braves and Marlins, this is a story we've been talking about a lot since probably back in 2018, and it's a story that the Braves kind of need to change the narrative on this year.
1: Yeah. You know, with Miami, obviously they're not a playoff team. I mean, they were last year, but they're, they're not going to be this year. But the pitching, um, just their makeup, they're competitive still. They just split with Washington over the weekend, and they've given the Braves a hard time. And they should be motivated against the Braves. The Braves swept them out of the playoffs last year. And regardless of, you know, how Miami got there, I mean, that was still a playoff appearance for them. And that's still Mm -hmm. a divisional rivalry. But all you can think about when you're looking at this stretch is, okay, you have the Mets, the team that you're trying to gain games on, and then you have all these winnable games here at the end. And you could be looking up at the all-star break and you could find yourself, uh, you know, you should find yourself above 500 given the schedule. If they have a good run here, which they should, again, you never know. They could slip up against Pittsburgh and continue to struggle against Miami. But this team has been looking for opportunities. It's been looking for that chance to go on that run that uh, all the players and the coaches continue to talk about. The fans talk about it. Media talks about it. Uh, You couldn't really ask for a better opportunity to make that run than the way that the schedule is setting up for them here. So you know, we've said this all year, but now especially we'll see if they can make the most of it.
0: Yeah. And they're going to have to. And if you're curious about teams like the Marlins, that could keep a team like the Braves or any other, you know, National League East opponent that has eyes on winning the division from winning it. Well, they're five and two against the Braves. They're also three and two against the Mets. And they also are four and three against the Phillies. Really, Washington's the only team in the division that's been able to beat up on the Marlins. So the Braves need to take a page out of the Nationals book and maybe start winning some series head-to-head with Miami. That, of course, is part of this upcoming homestand, but it all starts with the big three games against the Mets on Tuesday night at Truist Park. Gabe, I appreciate all your time as always. I look forward to catching up with you very soon as we discuss the run-up to the All-Star break for the Atlanta Braves as they try to get their season on track, and I look forward to breaking it all down with you very soon.
1: Yeah, looking forward to
0: it. Thanks, Grant. So, my thanks again to Gabe Burns for making so much time to talk about what's been going on with the Braves this past week. We'll be looking forward to doing it again very soon. Of course, you can find From the Diamond on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. I appreciate your ratings and reviews. If you'd be nice enough as to share the show with a friend, that would mean a lot as well. On Twitter, I am at Grant McCauley, G R A N T M C A U L E Y. You can find Gabe Burns at Gabe Burns AJC, and you can find the show at From the Diamond underscore. And you can find every episode of From the Diamond and so much more over at fromthediamond.com. That's going to wrap us up for this week's episode of the show. I look forward to talking with you all again soon as we follow the Braves into the All-Star break and beyond right here on From the Diamond. So until next time, for Gabe Burns, I'm Grant McCauley. So long, everyone.